everyone. This is your boy, Khalif. And your girl, Jamise. And welcome back to the unofficial but official podcast for the show, American Crime. Yes, this is the show, Flatfoot. And we're going to be talking about our little show. Well, I'm calling it our little show because we know we, I think we're the only ones doing one on American Crime. Oh, really? What makes you say that? I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. I haven't really looked for any of the competition. <laughs> wow. But anyway, so again, I just want to remind everybody you know, to please visit us on our website for comments. And where can that website be found? Oh, you want me to say it? <laughs> I, I mean, you, you're doing a good job. I thought you would just go along with it. No. Well, that website is crossfire.crusade.net, and that is crusade with a K. And remember, you can always email us at flatfoot at crusade with a K.net. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a rating, hopefully five stars, if you really appreciate what we, what we do and want us to continue to do what we do. And also, please remember, to find us on Android. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also, and also, and if you miss the show, it, the show can be seen every Wednesday night on ABC 10, 9 Central. All right. And just in case if you miss it, you can always find it back on ABC.com. Right. And it'll and, show you where you can get that episode you missed. And then come back to us. All right. Absolutely. And get some of that good old-fashioned podcast goodness. But please make sure you subscribe, though, to Flatfoot so you don't ever miss an episode. Uh, we try to get them to you as soon as we can after we've seen it. You know, and soaked it in and seen it again. You know, we have to make sure we do a double watch at least twice, sometimes three times. Make sure you don't miss anything. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you say you do a double watch twice, so you watch it four times? A double watch. (laughs) I'll just tease you. I'll tease it. Anyways, so uh, this week brought in some real, some outside, uh, I guess, people or outside voices into the narrative, which... I find unusual, but this may have been something they did in season one. I am definitely, I keep saying it, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to go back and watch well, season one. how about this? We'll watch season one mm-hmm. after the season's over. Okay. Like when it's on a break. You know, I could use a it. break from my job and I'll just watch a bunch of TV. There's a lot of TV shows I want to get caught up on. And also. <laughs> um, but don't we all wish we could take a vacation and just binge watch stuff? That is true. My niece was, my niece Alicia was talking about that. You know, she kind of missed. She had to go back to school the past couple of days. So she was like, I got to watch me some blue blood. I don't know why she's complaining. Don't get no shout outs on the other TV show. Oh, I <laughs> this is what my niece was talking about. Uh, but she gets enough of holiday and break being a high school student. They get plenty of holiday oh, they and break. Do. Oh, they do. They act like their life's so difficult. So, um, so yeah. Although so, high school, I mean, that's what the show is about, right? That there could be some serious issues going on when you are in high school. That is true. And so we're calling actual, since the American Crime Shows doesn't really, the episodes don't have a name. Um, mm-hmm. I like to give them names if you guys have picked up on the naming convention. So this one I'm calling Fallout. I think you should let me name the rest of them. Oh, really? Yes. You don't like the name for Fallout for I this episode? I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said I'd like to try my turn to, to, to name some of them. All right. Well, when you do the outline. <laughs> I don't need an outline, baby. Oh, please. Well, I do. 
Mm, All right, well then, no, 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 you can name it. Doesn't bother me. We, <laughs> we can we can share that responsibility. There we go. Share. Uh, so, first impressions of this of this episode of season two, episode eight, Fallout. I think that, and remember, everyone, that's what we call it. We call it Fallout. ABC doesn't have any names for them, but um, I I think I've already said this before about episode pass about it being heartbreaking. Um, this one, I will admit, I did feel like it was a bit melodramatic. I didn't think it was necessary to have the real life outside voices, but I did feel through the episode itself, um, that it just is really, I think being a parent is really difficult. Is that what you felt? I really did. I was just like, it's just so, it's so sad because... Everyone always gets excited. Oh, you're having a baby, blah, blah, blah. But it's like the baby grows up and goes through a lot of things, and you don't really know how to help them. And it's just really sad, I think, because they just they just don't stay little, you know. <laughs> <laughs> stay little and innocent. And, I mean, it's nothing about innocence. I, don't, I mean, that's nothing to do with it. It's just that they're the things that they go through to grow up to become an adult, I guess going through the fire, you can, the trials and tribulations of life, and you're supposed to, like, walk them through that so then i mean i just i don't know i think it's it's difficult and parents never really think about that when it's a little baby but your little baby is gonna grow up and you're gonna have to get them through some tough some really tough times eventually well i mean i concur with that my great grandmother used to say this she would say people rejoice when babies are born but you should cry when they're Mm -hmm. born because they come into this world innocent and they have to fight to retain that same innocence as they grow older. And so they're going to go through some serious, serious crap. And we, as the adults have, we, we can walk with them so far, but a lot of that, they have to learn their own confidence and deal with things to move on for themselves. Right. And uh, you can see that in this episode, the parents, not being able to help their children because they haven't been through what their kid is going through. So they really, they're kind of at a loss, you know, and it's, and that's just, I think that's the hardest thing to be like, I can't say, you know, from my past to get that lesson because this never happened to me before. So. Hmm. (laughs) What about you? Oh, well, Man, I've had mixed emotions about this episode, but they kindly mean, okay, there was a few episodes, I could say this, let me just say it like this, I didn't like it, but not without good reason. Um, I wasn't meh, but the fallout from the shooting of Wes seemed very anticlimactic. I was expecting something more, like something that takes place like, not too far afterwards, you know, I mean, but I mean, we get Taylor. He's already locked up, put away, booked. Oh, so you wanted to see like Taylor getting arrested. You wanted to see those things. Yeah, I think those things. Uh, see, you and me have a different feeling about that. I think it'd be kind of boring. Well, I see, mean, you know, let's, okay. just, let's just get the story going. You're trying well, to like I stay see... in the past. <laughs> no, well, I see like the this. boy did. Okay, it's you like this. You want to see his funeral? You want to see people? Hell no! Nah, I didn't want to see that over. crap. I didn't okay. want to see that. No, I meant like, okay, at the end, 
of when we recap what happened at the end. But basically, at the end of the last episode, when he's in the restaurant with his mom and she's just hugging him, waiting on the cops, mm-hmm. I wanted to see him being arrested or see how the cops dealt with that and Anne's reactions. Or, like, I feel like there are certain moments I'm being robbed of right now. <laughs> like, Anne, when Anne and Terry finally had their falling out, and she's like, your, your son's Not a really whore. falling out, but, like, their confrontation. I was like, I mean, falling out meant they would have had to have something beforehand. Well, okay. So their big their confrontation, confrontation. Right. It was like, your son's a whore. And then it phased, it cuts. It's like, and then, next scene. <laughs> yeah, it cuts. And then she's like, no, no, your son's a whore. Oh, you need to leave. And then right after that cut, Terry's in a car. But now like, that they've done what? this to us again, though, I gotta say, I kind of like it. It's like, it's a show that isn't gonna, like, step by step by step walk you through everything. It's gonna let you think about it and then see what happens. So, uh... Well, and I was also, and see, and I was just hoping for some more turmoil. I felt disappointed with the actions I, of some of the characters. It was all turmoil this episode, though. It, it was, hold on, let me get this. Well, is, I mean, we I'm, gotta get into the episode to talk about it, though. Let me express what I didn't like. Well, can you express you didn't like as we come across it? Or hold on, no, 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 I'm just, overall, oh, okay. and then I'm gonna just say some of the things that I did like, overall. Very general, not too specific. But, um, but yeah, and I was like, the story being told seemed like it was trying to reach out to make me care, but partially I didn't. <laughs> there were things that happened that didn't really um, bother me. But the raw emotions that I felt from the realness of the actual victims in real life reached out to me. And I love to hear, except for Violet. Didn't really care for Violet. It was real short. I didn't get a chance to... The transgendered individual that says it's not a gay thing, it's a class thing. See, you don't even remember. Very small part. I don't. I really I really don't remember. But... It's probably... Go ahead. But no, no, no. That's all I'm saying. But here are some of the things I did like. I did like that there were some turn of events for certain characters... In the story, but I it was like one I felt pride, I was very proud for this one character, and then the other character I felt disheartened. Then also, I love and as I said, I love the real life issues from the Columbine teachers and students that were bullied in real life. Those are some of the things that I really enjoyed that I thought were wonderful about this, but I felt really bad for Taylor. I just wish and Principal Dixon, your your story lost points with me. I tell you, never got <laughs> points with me. I but it's it's like I don't know. But let's go ahead and get into the show. <laughs> what happened uh, this episode? <laughs> well, let's go ahead and recap the ending. Uh, we we already did. No, we didn't. We did. No, I didn't. Taylor shot Wes. He had a little list of people that were bothering him. And then at the end of the last episode, we see... And then, yeah, you already said that he was in the, in a booth with his mom and they're waiting on the cops. We've already been over this. Okay, my bad. <laughs> yeah. That's how it ended. So, of course, the opening, uh, then this is what you were referring to, Khalif, with the real... Real people, not actors, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It felt more almost like a documentary. Actually, yeah. Which is what I appreciate. Like, it's like a special. I don't want to watch a special. Where's my, <laughs> where's my show? 
you know. So like we were open up with Kiki, who was a teacher at Columbine, and he was discussing how he felt on the day the shooting happened. Um, I'm gonna briefly go over Columbine really quickly. Oh sure, go ahead. Um, just simplify it as best as I can. I don't exactly remember the year. I want to say it was 1990. I believe it was 98, 99. 98 or 99. Because it was the year that the Matrix came out and wearing trench coats were not popular. And that movie did well, but it got a bad rap. I'm not sure. Um, so you can look this up online. And actually, there was a great documentary that um, well, Michael Moore did called Bowling for Columbine. Well, hold on. I'll say this. It has to be in 98, 99 because... This is going to show my age. I was a senior, and one of my buddies who used to wear a trench coat to class all the time got hemmed up, and he could no longer wear his trench coat. You're giving too many details about this. I'm just trying to quickly say. All right, so so two boys. <clears throat> uh, their names were Dylan and Eric. I don't remember the last names. Of, it doesn't really matter. Anyways, they went to their high school. It's called Columbine High School. It's in Columbine, Colorado. And they uh, terrorized their classmates. It was a shooting. They had bombs. It was a very dangerous, scary situation. At the time, this was the one of the biggest school shootings in memory. And it happened in high school. And it was just, it really affected, it shook up the nation. I mean, since then, the United States have had many more shootings, unfortunately. But this one was uh, very pivotal, pivotal because those two students, they said, had been bullied and victimized. And this was their way. They had, they had planned this for a long time to get back at the people that they thought um, were responsible for that. And some of the things that Kiki, the teacher, that we mm -hmm. first introduced to, mm -hmm. that we are first introduced to, mm -hmm. he says it was like the gunshot didn't belong. He was like being in an environment and hearing a sound that just didn't fit. Right. And I was like, wow, that's yeah. beautiful. I mean, not the shooting, but the way he described <laughs> it. Shootings are not beautiful. The way he described it. It was just like, you. he really painted it. It was just like, could you think about the school? You think safety. You think you're there. You know, all the kids are there, you know. Then all of a sudden you hear bang and something that's not it's like supposed oh to that's be a sound. weird what what was that was that really what I think it was I mean this is this is a suburbia you know in a beautiful uh, community and it just is an unusual noise to hear you know and next then we have Paula who was also a teacher at Columbine mm -hmm. who was mm -hmm. talking about mass trauma she seemed in disbelief when the shooting happened I connected so well with this woman like. Really, I mean, I so mean, did I as a teacher. It is or being a teacher. I I really could understand. You know, she's a teacher. She's a woman. She's a mom. I I could really, I really did connect with her because something. I don't know. If she says it in the beginning yet, but well, she talks about the fact that you know, um, she loves all her children, right? And so, and she says her children, which really made me brought out because when I taught middle school, right. Those kids, I, I mean, I loved all those kids at that school that I taught. There are kids, yes. And, and she said she even loved Dylan, who I mentioned was one of the school shooters. Oh, at the end, in case you guys are wondering what happened to those students, they did kill themselves. So they, they did not go to jail or anything. It's a different ending than what happened with and Taylor. And they asked her, but then they asked her, it was like, well, about her loving again, or how does she know 
that she loved Dylan, and she said because she loves all her children. Right. And Dylan was one of her students right. that she really cared about, and she just couldn't. She was taken aback by the fact that how how could he do something like yeah, this? Absolutely. And she, and she also said something else that was really powerful. I think that's at the end, though. No, no, no. It was at this moment. And she was talking about power. Like, basically, the shooting, it was like sucking up power from the least powerful. Like, this moment. All right. Like, even though it gave those students that did this power, it made those who were afraid very afraid. So you even took more power from them. Mm. And I was like, wow. I don't know. That, that wasn't the thing that got me. What she said at the end was what got me. But, okay. So those were the... Real, these are real people, not actors, who opened the show. Then we move. Then it cuts to Leland. We got Coach Dan, who's leading a prep rally for Wes. Pet rally. That's what, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. He's, he's leading a pep rally. I don't even call this a pet rally. I think it's just like a, I want to say more like a memorial talk. I you don't know. know. I, sadly, the pep rally something supposed to get you a hyper before a game. You know, woo! Okay, and that I'm really, with you. I think he was just trying to kind of have like a moment to discuss this tragedy with the students. So I don't really think. I mean, I don't really think we call it a pep rally, as more so just like in memoriam. I don't know. So. Okay, I mean, no, no, no. I'm with you. I was just, I didn't have the right word to describe it, but yeah, he's leading some. Um, Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Help me out. Memorial. Okay. He's leading a memorial. Um, He doesn't name the... But the thing what brought me out when he's talking about this, he's, he doesn't name the former student, but he named the student that was shot. And he said he felt as he lost a child, and mm-hmm. if we really love each other, this is what we... This is what happens, you know? Because he was talking about this how... What, what happens? Oh, you come to school. Basically, oh, he, you come in together. his speech... In his speech, he was talking about how spitch. you're... Yeah, I know, spitch. His, his speech and pitch together, yeah. spitch. <laughs> his speech. Yeah, he was he was discussing about how we're scared. Uh-huh. When something like this, we're scared. We don't uh-huh. want to go to school. We want to stay with our families. But look at us. In a way, we are family. We come here. We come together. This is what we do. This is what happens when tragedy strikes. We come right. together and support each other. Right. Which I was like, wow. Coach Dan. Get it. And, he's, and he keeps talking about how Leland is a family. Not only mm. you have your family, but Leland is a like family. I felt like it sounded very political to me. I was like, I'm like, ooh, Coach Dan. I'm starting to distance myself from Coach Dan. Hold on. But uh, that's what I was, see, but this is what I was it's feeling. Like, oh, you're saying too much of the right thing. Well, no, no, no. no, <laughs> no, no. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. This is what I was trying to say. It was just mm-hmm. that um, Coach Dan, as if you remember, if guys, if you guys remember from the past episodes, his wife, Steph, said he can't have the hard talks. This, right. I think, is the is a hard is an example of a hard talk. How yeah. do you motivate students and make them feel safe when something like this happens? I guess they felt safe because they came back to school. Well, yeah, because I remember. I mean, I guess because Taylor is, you know, in jail, so I guess that's, you well, know, it's the like threat this. is over. When I was a kid, um, I'll share some with you guys. No, it relates, so chill out. No, when I was a kid, I was on a school bus that was shot at. And one of the kids was shot in the head. 
And basically, it was because it was, like, gang violence that was happening where these guys were shooting at each other, and one of the kids got was shot. Was this real? This is a very real story. Yeah, I don't just joke about telling this. someone else's story and saying it happened to you. <laughs> I really don't like you right now. I don't know. It's like so boys in the hood sounding, though. That's like weird. You've no. never told me this story, so I'm like, there's some, some kid died on the bus. He didn't die. It was just he was a little Hispanic kid in kindergarten. He got. We were all riding the bus because we. Lived, Where were you going? We were going home in Greens Point. Back in the day when Greens Point was called Guns Point. Excuse me, but you said that it was the suburbs when you were little, and that these things didn't the... happen, and that that's why when you couldn't hell... go to school in Fifth Ward because it was dangerous. Um, Supposedly, yeah. <laughs> it was safer where you lived in going to school in uh, Aldine. Did do you not remember that my parents are divorced? And but you said this moving. was a kindergarten. He was in kindergarten. Oh. I was in fifth grade, I believe. Oh, okay. Jesus. So was it a city bus? No, it was a school now bus. I'm really confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. We're going to get the Khalif's whole oh, life story. No, but she but just... But go ahead. Just, just tell the story. Saying, this was supposed to be real short that related to the I'm story. I'm sorry. It just... <laughs> I should not be laughing. I'm glad the little boy lived, but it just, the story don't make sense to me. Okay. From the timeline that I know of in your life. So that's why I'm saying it's when weird. I was a, okay, when I was a kid, I was attending an elementary, after my just, parents just, were divorced. Just tell what happened after Hold the on. kid got shot on the bus. I was attending a school called, I was attending no, an no, elementary school. No, no, don't say school. the school name. I wasn't. I was attending a school where we were riding a bus home and we were going back to our area in Greens Point and all of a sudden shots were fired. Glass broke on the bus. We didn't know what happened until we see the kid get off the bus. He walks and he falls over. He gets off the bus. Excuse me. The bus driver just after that happened. She didn't know that it, the bus had been shot. No, no one knew the bus had been shot. Well, how you know it wasn't just a rock came through the window? Because a little boy had bl- bl- a hole in, in his head and blood coming out of it. It wasn't all through his head. You said he he lived. He did. So it could have been a rock. It was not a rock. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know what? I don't like you right now. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm really hurt right now because I'm really sharing a story about <laughs> fear of kids, fe- kid, things that kids fear, and they're trying to, <laughs> they try to feel better. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it does. <laughs> What what ignorant mofo? You know, people, I'm not laughing. It's, I think it might have been a rock, though. Because who shoots that high? You know, them buses be sitting up high, and the windows are really high. So why are you shooting like, like well, you throwing a frisbee or something? I don't know. It's weird. Well, how about this? I will tell you the proof. Okay. Not too long after in the apartment complex we were living, we had this rally. Uh-huh. Where we were talking about violence, and they were going to clean up the apartments, and they were working with the police to clean up the area in okay, Greens Point to make it safer. And he still, and then at the time, but how do you know the little boy made it? He showed up to the rally with the stitches in his head, oh. and he was in the hospital for a long time. This rally was like a couple months later. Oh, okay, but he has a scar, and he had a scar on the side of his head, and the X-ray still showed that the bullet was still lodged in his brain. They couldn't remove it. Wow. So, yeah. So, he became like the poster child of being brave at my elementary school. So, how did you feel after that? Like, how did you... Well, this is going to sound bad. I'm no stranger of gunshots. 
I mean, I've never been shot, but I've been but around. But you saw a little fire. boy get shot and fall it down. Was, we were very afraid. And okay. after that, everyone who rode that bus, we became very close. And we did looked out for each other. Did they have a bus monitor after that? I mean, what did Yes, we had a bus do, monitor. Do... We walked each other. Like, okay. And that same year, I felt like next later that year, I fell through a glass window playing football with the boys and almost cut my... This had nothing to do with... I know, but I'm just saying it showed how close we were that I ended up missing school. Mm-hmm. They all, everyone who rode that bus showed up with get well cards made. Oh, I see what you're saying. Later. So it, it brought you kids together. Yes. And so you're making that connection, Leland. Okay, I got yes. you. This is what I was trying to A do. A tragedy. But you just like shat on my story. It, I'll just, we'll talk about it later. I'll just, the cement, the, the, never mind. Anyways, back to the show. <laughs> that yeah, very sorry. long tangent. Um, but then also, well, after you see Coach Dan in his most proud moment giving this rock-like speech, mm-hmm. it begins to show Leslie in a bad shape. Like, she's at her house. She's crying. Yeah, she's in a bad shape. Come Miss on. LaCroix is Mr. crying. Mr. LaCroix. Oh, sorry. Right? Mr. LaCroix is crying as he watches Kevin But it's like the man the cry. School. It's actually kind of... This, nah, I'm not going to say it. But you know the commercials? Remember them Don't Mess with Texas commercials? The, the Native one, American the with one the one tear. tear. Yes, the sexy cry. Yeah, so when a man cries, like that one tear. And it's real quiet. And after that, it cuts <laughs> to Cheryl, who her son was A.J. Butts. She was talking about her son. Yes. Damn. That's all I can say. I, I'm i sorry. I know you can't help your last name, but sometimes you got to help your kids a little bit and be like, let's change this around to maybe it could be Butte. I don't know, because A.J. Butts, that didn't even sound like a real name. <laughs> it sounds like something that Bart Simpson would think of when he calls Mo at the, at the bar. Like, Excuse hey, me, I'm, looking AJ for, and AJ I'm looking for Seymour Butts? Butts. You know, like, I'm sorry. Poor kid. But this kid's dead, so stop making fun of his I'm name. I'm not making fun of his name. I'm just saying, you know, it doesn't sound real. That's all. Well, Cheryl was talking about her son. We'll just call him A.J. And, <laughs> and he was talking about how he can't go to school. And he doesn't feel comfortable. And so she does, he doesn't want to go to a school where people make him feel bad for being gay. And she wanted to change him. She said, well, I'll send you anywhere where you want to go. And he says he's pretty sure it's not okay to be gay anywhere he goes. So he said he would do his time to graduate. And she said those were his last words. Well, I mean, she did say, she's like, oh, honey, I think it's a good idea. And then um, those last words he said. But I'm just like, I'm, we live currently in the most conservative Republican district in the entire world. And there are plenty of gay kids at the public school who are not harassed, harangued. It was kind of just like, I'm like, where do you go to school where they're going to make it this bad for, I mean, it's 2016. Seriously? Well, you I mean, know, it's ridiculous, right? I mean, to me, it sounds really ridiculous. I mean, some people, when they're open to people with different lifestyles, they're very violent towards them. They don't know how to express either curiosity or disdain. Well, pretty much know how to express disdain, but maybe curiosity about their lifestyle. But then it cuts to Violet, who is, a, I believe, was a transgender, uh, or is a transgender um, person. and. Violet is talking about how kids can be vicious. 
at yeah. school that you don't think they're vicious. You think everything's cool, but kids can be really, really mean. Okay, fair enough. Then we skip over to jail. Ann goes to go see Taylor. He's locked up. And this seems like a conversation that they've had before. You know, are you okay? I'm okay, Mom. They were talking things about you. She's trying to find out if that list, what he was, what his intention was with the list. You know, she's asking some hard questions, and he's trying to answer her. But it see this this conversation seems familiar between those two. Basically, he just he tells her the truth that you know these were people. He says he was told to confront things. And so he was confronting them. But then he wrote this list of people that he wanted to confront. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then the next scene, which I thought was really kind of random, but um, I don't know. Uh, Eric's mom wants to get the heck out of Dodge, and she comes with money, and she's going to take the younger brother, and they're just going to run away. Well, I thought that was very weird because she just shows up. And she says, hi. Hey, son. How are you? Right. I thought he was going to give him a bag of money. I'm like, oh. And yeah. He's like, where'd you get this? Where'd you get this from? Yeah. I, I sold some things. But what are we going to do with this money? We can do anything you want to. We can go anywhere you want to go. I was like, oh, this he is not She sold go everything good. but the car. And I just, I'm not going to go through the whole conversation because you saw it. You're but he did ask about dis- Peter. disgusted as I am about it. And he like, is Peter. Oh, sorry. He asked about Eric. <laughs> uh-huh. um, sorry, I get their names confused. Sorry. I know. He asked about Eric. I just like call him his brother, Eric's brother. Yeah. <laughs> asked about Eric. She says, oh, I can't help him. Yeah, she's like, he's already gone. Your dad is sick. He did something to your brother. And, and Peter's like, no, dad would never do something never like that. He never admit it. Your and dad she would just never says, admit it. Yeah, I don't want to go through the whole. It's just, so I think she's a horrible woman, an evil person. And if she really did believe that her son had been victimized by her ex-husband, why in something. the world would she abandon him? So I say she wins what I like to call worst mother of the year. She's terrible. She is a terrible human being, seriously. And I hope Peter runs away from her. Well, I find this <laughs> interesting. Where do you think Peter will go? What is place he would choose? Oh, remember that conversation they had with his brother? Remember yes. where he wanted? Where is he? Florida. Coming to the party where the heat is on all night on the streets in the sun. And I'm going to. Get, I mean, if you're going to sing it, say the words. I don't remember just, that nah, song. Nah, nah, nah. Anyways, so, so, so nah, nah. I think he's going, he, he might choose to go there because he thought about it before. And then that'll also be a way, even though he's angry at his brother, I think he still loves his brother. And that'll be a way for his brother to know where he is. Benvenido a Miami. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Then it cuts over to Dixon at Marshall. He's working on something in the teacher's lounge while the news is playing in the background. And that was really quick. But then Sebastian overhears the news and tells his daughter, we're going to take a little detour. I don't know who this Sebastian guy is, man. He's like a man in black or something. He's weird. I have no idea about this. I mean, all my hypotheses that I had or hypothesized that I've had about Sebastian has been really just thrown under the bus and ran over. And I will be glad when we figure out what he's all about. But then we switch to Leslie. In her home. Who seems like she's been broken. 
Her right. house, she's looking as washed out as the color in her house. I mean, her house is all white. White and gray. And yeah. she's the same. Yep. White and gray. Yep. And then her, like, the phone oh. calls. It's her fiance. He's saying he's going to come see her. Mm-hmm. And but then she decides that while talking to him, like, she's gonna going to go to work. work. <laughs> so then she puts on her string of pearls, her blue dress. And put on her face, and then she looks all put together like nothing is wrong. Putting on the armor, ladies. You know how it is. You got to put on, you got to put it on to go out there and and meet the world. Yeah, I I was. It made me think of the show Scandal about being a gladiator. It's like you put that suit on, you're a gladiator. And she put that pearl, she put them pearls on, and all of a sudden that war paint came on. I was like, get it, girl. The next scene opens with Paula discussing her disconnect. With um, being a teacher, not knowing if she could love another student, but her bonds that she had were real are real, and she was shocked that later on, as she kept teaching, that she found that she loved more. Yep, that's that's what we call put on your big girl panties. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So now, and Leslie, now Leslie's back at work in her management role. She starts telling the secretary about canceling finals and um, notifying the colleges that they're going to be getting students who suffer with trauma. Who may. Or who may suffer from trauma. Mm -hmm. And the secretary says, we didn't expect that you'd be back so soon. And she's kind of like, whatever, I'm back. Let's get to work. But then I found this interesting. When she sat down, she looks out the door, her glass door, and she begins to wonder, and she asks the secretary, how long did Taylor sit out there for her? And she replies, for about over an hour. <laughs> and then the scene, the scene ends with the look of terror on her face. I didn't think it was terror. I didn't, I didn't read her face as being terror, but just like, wow, that long. I don't know. I mean, the boy was dedicated. He, was, he had his plan. He was ready. He was ready to move forward. I don't know, but uh, then what happens? Then Becca is seeing the students crying over Wes, and Wes was a horrible person. I'm just like... He might... Actually, he might have been a good person. We don't know enough about him. I don't know. I'm, but we do know, I know that about he did him, beat up Taylor. He All I know is this. He beat up Taylor, and then when they mention Eric's him. coming back, Eric's coming back, he's like, oh, he's going to be showering with us? That's messed up. Yeah. I mean, he sounded like a horrible person. But he may, I mean, you know, everyone has their good and bad side, so he may have been good in other ways. Well, so then Becca's seeing all the students crying over Wes, and she starts to feel guilty. Maybe. We don't know that yet, right? Because she just just looks sad. Her face, I'm assuming, because when she walked upon the scene, she had a different look and her facial expression began to change to more like sadness. So I trans, I personally said it was guilt. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that, but oh, technically why? we don't know that was guilt until at, later on the show. So then now I call it the, the sharks are circling in the water. Dan, douche Dan, I mean, douche Don oh. is talking to coach Dan. Remember Don is the, the, the guy on the board. He's actually kind of dumb. And he's like, well, Dan, you know, um, a lot of people are mad at Leslie and we're thinking that maybe you could be <laughs> you could be the guy to take over things. And so he's kind of planting those seeds in Coach Dan's head. But I'm just going to, you know, gloss past that because we, we always knew Don was up to no good. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. But then it was just interesting because 
when and it's just I find it odd when Dan doesn't want to talk about anything. But when they do force him to talk, he just has a lot of bad things to say. Like he thinks she doesn't care about the players, Leslie, I mean. All she does is care about raising money. She doesn't even know these kids by name. And he wonders if she can even cry in public. And all she does is CYA, cover her, well, C-H-A, cover her ass. Whatever. (laughs) Cha-cha-cha. And so, and personally, I think this was coming for Coach Dan. Seems to be a let, because he seems to be let down by Leslie. And, you know, I think he really thought she was a good person. He was trying to make a bridge. Remember way back, he made that boat in a bottle for her? Yes. Because she said all those nice things for him. Uh, so I think he has been well, let down. He feels that he has been let down. Well, her. I mean, if you judge by all the things he said, by how she doesn't care about the kids, all she does is care about CYA, and, you know, she treated the kids like criminals. Well, I mean, we don't need to hash it, because he's going to hash this with her in a little in a, in a couple more scenes, right? So then we have Anne is speaking with the attorney, and the lawyer really wants Anne to kind of get Taylor to take a plea deal, to see if they can work out a plea bargain. And Anne is adamant that she does not want to do this because she her child was victimized first. And basically, because we all know this, Anne truly feels that because her son was victimized first, this is just what happens when you let a victim continuous, continually be victimized. You right. did nothing to prevent this. Right. And so now, now look at what happened to my son. He took action for himself, and now he's still being punished. (laughs) And she doesn't say that it's right. It's just that she's like, there's no way he can try my child as an adult and then throw him away like he's just, you know, a real hardened criminal. There are extenuating circumstances that need to be considered, and she doesn't want to take a plea bargain for those reasons. You know, she wants people to know that there, there was a reason for this behavior, that he is a child and he thinks like a child, which is true. Then now we have Kurt, Eric's dad. This was so sad. He's, he's at, looking for his boy. He goes to the police station and he's trying to explain to the to the police that he believes his wife kidnapped his son. But they ask him what are like, well, do you have do you do you have sole custody? He said, no, it's shared custody. But this is not her week, right? But this isn't her week. And he says, well, this is um, custody obstruction. This isn't a missing child's case, right? And so and he's like, but I don't know if he's with my wife or if or where they've gone. So if she he, says, you don't know if he's with you don't know if he's with your wife or he's missing. And so he gets just frustrated and walks out. Right. And so, oh, sorry, custodial interference. Right. Which is a crime. Jeez. But I think that's a different department. You don't go to missing the, the missing. Who persons. cares? My child is unaccounted for. They are under the age of 18. You better find my child. <laughs> so now we got and so then it flashes to another real life individual i don't know how to pronounce her name i think it was maya mm-hmm. um i always wanted to say mia mm-hmm. but that's because of my niece mm-hmm. um, maya is talking about the school was trying to charge her with a sexual assault case she attended the catholic school um because she came out as a lesbian well she felt betrayed because she was all the accolades that she got from the school um star athlete etc cetera, etc cetera. but before but now he gave this child's whole life story i'm just saying I gay athlete came out the closet at a private school and she felt villainized 
Sound familiar? So now... But it was a Catholic private school. Leland, I don't think, has any religious affiliation, but I could be wrong. No, they do, but I think it's been toned down. Okay, what's this next thing you say? Eric found out. Well, Eric Eric was watching the news, and he sees the stuff about Wes being reported as, America, as a murder. America, mm-hmm. Jesus. Being reported as a murder. He sits down, dwelling in anger at what happened with his lip busted. Then the dad comes in from the police department, pissed off, asking Eric, did um, his mother tell him anything? Mm-hmm. He says she don't tell him anything. But then the dad does something that was completely unexpected by me. Mm. What was that? He busts Eric about the websites he's been on. Oh, yeah, Dad. Dad has known, but didn't. Dad has known for a while, but he didn't. He said, "Well, why didn't you say anything to me?" He didn't know how to talk to him. I didn't know how to talk to you about it. It was there's no booklet when your child goes to dangerous gay hookup sites. This is what you should say to you. Know what I mean? Like, but his dad, instead of being like his dad, doesn't seem disgusted by it. He seems concerned, and he says, you're doing everything you can trying to kill yourself, right? You know, so I felt that, like, was honorable because I thought he'd be like, ew, nasty. But instead, he's like, why are you trying to hurt yourself? You're going to get hurt doing these things. You don't know these people. And then he says, how can I help you if you won't let me? And I was like, oh. And no matter what, if you need something, I'm always here for you. And I said, I've always have been. And then I saw Aww. Eric get teary-eyed. And then this is one of those moments where I'm like, I feel for Eric. And I'm like, damn. Hug your son. I want to hug you, Eric. You need a hug. And be like, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not, it's your, not fault. your fault. <laughs> and it isn't. I think he's so angry because his mother denied affection. I mean, that's real. That really messes up kids. You can tell. Children learn early. Children oh, learn early. yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. So now it flashes back to my... Mia, Maya, sorry, talking about facing homophobia, racism, and sexism. And she talks about the moment when she tried to hang herself. But she, she didn't... She didn't want her life story, right, to be To reduced. be reduced to that. Yeah, to just the girl who hanged herself. And I'm like, that's so sad. I mean, that's powerful, though. I mean, it is really powerful. You never know. I mean, sometimes when you think there's no way out, and that's and it's so easy for children that young to think that fatalistic. And that's why I really liked, and this is kind of a side story, but some years ago when I was in college, I started this campaign called It Gets Better. And all of these celebrities and, and just famous people, they did these little videos on YouTube talking about, like, their darkest moments or whatever, but, like, it gets better. You know, after this, you know, in this trying to reach out to all of the, the LGBT teenagers who have a very high suicide rate and try to just talk to them and say, it may seem really dark right now, but it's going to get better. And I thought that that was, like, really nice. And the suicide rates for these teenagers has actually decreased over time. And I'm, I don't know there's been like a, a lot of push for that. And so I think it's actually working. And that to me, save a life, save a kid. You know, that's a beautiful thing. This next scene, um, or the next couple things really brought out some great yeah, points we'll to me. Um, so now you got the LaCroix, Terry's talking to Michael saying that she's going to go out. Um, Terry asks about Kevin. 
And and how is he feeling? Michael says he doesn't know, but Kevin gave him a hug. The first hug he ever gave him since he was 13 years old. Oh, you mean the first hug that Kevin's initiated with his dad since he was 13? Yes. Interesting. And so she asked... Hug your teenagers, people. My older listeners, hug your teenagers. Just do it. Like Nike. <laughs> exactly. They'd be like, what? Just just keep hugging them. And tell them, it's not your fault. No, just say, I love you <laughs> no matter how here. big you get. <laughs> so she asks how Michael is doing, and Michael begins to express how he feels vindicated. I thought that was so ugly. It was, and I was like, ooh, Benjamin Andre, ever since your your crappy Jimi Hendrix performance, you're really making me not like you again. He's he's a good actor, though, because that was unexpected for me, that he would be that petty. Oh, you know, mentally ill mom, this mentally ill kid, now look, he done went and killed somebody. I feel vindicated. And it's like, wow, that's way overkill for what happened to your son, which is really nothing but some nasty comments online. Oh, yeah. You know, but. And I saw and I felt like Mrs. LaCroix, Terry, she was really shocked. And like, whoa, there's another side to you. <laughs> and um, I mean, but I mean, I think this moment, these testaments to people's character really bring out the ugliness or it really shines a light on the weaknesses in their character. Uh-huh. So then you got Sebastian, he who took his daughters. He's driving. The daughter's like, where are we going? He says, Annapolis. No, Indianapolis. No, he said Annapolis. Indiana- Annapolis is Maryland, baby. He wasn't going to Maryland. Oh, whatever. I, mean, I can't but, understand. But he got a weird is, accent. This is when we find out that Sebastian is from, what, what was he from, Minnesota? I think Milwaukee? he's from Minnesota, Milwaukee. Wisconsin. I think I think Milwaukee, I want to say. But so he's he's driving quite a distance to get here. Oh, yeah. And we don't know why. <laughs> but he just tells his daughter he's going to help someone. Yeah. Which I thought was a good lesson, you know. It's a little weird that he took his daughter out of school to go drive, like, across the state lines to go meet somebody. I don't know how long this drive would be, but we'll see where he's going in a little bit. Well, they're checking in the motel, so I mean, pretty long. Yeah. So finally, we get Leslie finds out, you know, what the boards have been whispering about behind, you know, they're kind of split half and half, blah, 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 blah. She's her whole little spiel. I've done everything for the school. You know, I brought all this money, blah, 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 blah. Well, so she turns and she goes to finally we have the confrontation we've been waiting for. Between- but she says something that I thought was really interesting to the board member who was telling her this. The only way to make a fresh start is to dissolve the board. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where. I don't because know the how board that could happen. Well, somebody. Okay, because I watched this four times. Oh, um, but I'm like, I don't see. It's not important. It's important to me. But because you can't do that, though, you can't just dissolve it and she start all over. Great, she had a great point. Basically, what they're trying to do to her is make her feel like she's the blame for this, and they're gonna send it away with her. So then they get rid of her. This problem, and the problem goes away. Goes with her. Yeah. But then she's like, but. Everything I've done for this school, all the millions of dollars you guys have gotten that I've raised. But listen to it logically. How can you dissolve? The board would have to dissolve themselves and they would never do something like that. Well, that's what she said. It's so ridiculous. That's what the woman told her. That would never be done. Yeah, that does. You have to vote to to annihilate yourself. That wouldn't happen. That's silly. (laughs) And so she informs her that um, Dan has been made the face of this witch hunt. (laughs) Mm. So now we're at the big confrontation. Leslie versus Dan. 
Let's get ready to rumble. It's just a rehash of what Dan said about her to Don, but now he's saying it to her face. You only care about yourself. You're the only person that hasn't been hurt by this. And if you get hurt, then you finally learn something. Yeah. And she feels incredulous because she's again trying to plead her case that it wasn't just about her. And she did a lot for the school. And she said, you know, you can't even see your own bias, you know. Well, I think Don is really enjoying. No, no, no. Don is really tagging Dan, choosing Dan to be the successor because he's a bigot. I mean, he has his own strong bias about certain things. And he sees that Dan almost upholds the manufactured values, if you will. I don't think so. Because I think that Dan has been very supportive of Eric, even though Eric is gay. So, because it's it's my my players, my kids, right? Exactly. But so. I'm just saying, if some of these... The reason why Leslie and Don had this falling out, she called him biased, and he can't see what's best for the school because he's being biased. Well, because he only wants what's... I mean, he sees first his his team. No, not Dan. Don. Well, yeah, that's old stuff. We already know Don's biased. We know no. Don is a bigot. We know Don's a bigot from before. I'm talking about Don. I know. I said we know Don is a bigot from before. So why are we hashing this again? Someone don't see it. We're moving on. Yes. Well, I mean, because you said that Don was trying to put Dan because Dan and him shared the same values. I'm trying to say, I don't think they share the same values. No. But they do have their own vision of things. They're not able to see the bigger picture, if that's what you're saying. They're both similar in these certain retrospects of Don's character. Okay. So now, so then you got Kiki coming back again. He's talking about the healing and how things have healed. And they could have, and he said the healing is an, is, is a very individual process and it could take years before the healing is even felt. Now we got Terry, Terry, she's going on her errand. And then she goes to this restaurant to go meet this woman. And the woman, if you guys may remember, is from the lady that she fired a few episodes ago. She's not from the lady. She is the lady she fired. No, no, no. I meant, sorry, whatever. (laughs) She's the lady that was fired a few episodes, from a few episodes ago. Right. And so they're having this little confrontation out and saying, you let me go for no reason. She admits that Terry admits that she didn't try to mentor the lady and try to make her better. And she and the reason why she she could not accept failure, especially from a woman of color. Right. And I that to she me she couldn't see her weakness. Well, and she right. couldn't accept that failure because she couldn't accept failure that's in herself. Right. And I thought, you know what? I mean, this is something I understood why. Like I got it, but it was just weird because. Terry was being really extra hard on a woman of color because, like, remember when she was talking to Bashir? Like, oh, sister, and she seemed like she made up this whole story. Yeah, she was making fun of how, like, this woman was when it wasn't exactly right. But that, to me, wasn't the poignant part because I could already tell all of that stuff because I'm a black woman and I know how it goes. But, like, I just... The fact that she... You know, because the woman's like, hey, why are you telling me this? And she mentions the stuff about, about the funeral, right? Yes. And then how she felt, how close it got to her. To her son, yes. Mm -hmm. That she was at a funeral, 
seeing a kid who goes to school with her son in a box mm-hmm. and knowing that somebody had it out for her son and her son was supposed to be in a box next to him. Mm-hmm. That opened her eyes to bigger things. And she said that he he's her whole world. I thought that sucked. I know. I say we shouldn't love our children that much. It's not it's not safe <laughs> to be that invested. That's why we, we weren't the, those kind of parents way back in the day. So then you got Principal Dixon. He's talking to the superintendent at his school while gay gods hate fags being paint, repainted over on the wall in the background. And so the superintendent tells Dixon he will be reviewed because of the protest. He's arguing with the superintendent that the school board is a bunch of po- – he's argued with the, that basically this isn't fair. She says, well, the school board's a bunch of politicians. She'll try to make it go easy for them. So when they sit down – so they need to sit down and talk. But she said the boys beat one kid because he was black, which I felt that I felt that wasn't true. I and felt, I felt it was true. Honest, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. So when they talk about it will make them, and he says that because the students he suspended, because they're jumping, the boys were jumping on that one kid, beating him because he's black. If anyone during the actual big meeting tries to bring this up, and speak down about it, it will make them look like bigots, basically. basically. Mm-hmm. It'll make everyone look bad. So this is something he's going to look good for anyway, so go ahead and get reviewed. Mm-hmm. And he's still going to come out on top with this. Mm-hmm. So he Board mentions... room politics. News, oh, yeah. news, news. Those people are all a bunch of phony balonies anyways. So. And, so he and says, we know from the school board from Leland, they don't know anything. And so he mentioned about how he's really pushing on the fact that he needs help with his budget. <laughs> this is why he's been backing. He wants it. Yeah, we know he wants money for his school. And so she says she can't give him any special treatment. They go over the fact that he supported getting everything from her, even getting rid of the HHFK. Mm-hmm. And the superintendent says everything needs to be done by the book. And and everything is a bunch of politicians, and it has to be done right. Yeah. After that, it cuts to Sebastian pull Sebastian pulling into a motel, getting a room. The girls are watching TV while he's researching Leland. Mm. Now, uh, we get Becca's confession. She goes to her dad talking about how being responsible was he was it did he mean what he did he mean what he mean when he said what he said. <laughs> Jesus, sorry. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, if that was true, then she needs to take responsibility and be responsible and come clean. And she's about, and he's like, about what? She told, so she talks about how she she sold Taylor drugs before he shot Wes, mm. which totally shocked the dad. Like, he's like, what the hell? He drops his drink, mm-hmm. <laughs> breaks the glass. Mm-hmm. So she explains the situation, how she got the drugs from her mom and from other kids at school. And she said, if she had any problems, I was I was supposed to come to you. This is where it gets really, really interesting. He grabs her phone and destroys the phone and then throws the the phone, the SIM card into the garbage disposal. (laughs) And he said he's questioning her. Does anybody know this about you and Taylor? And she says, no. But Taylor knows, but he's not going to say anything. So he forces her not to say anything. Hmm. And I was like, here are my thoughts. Looks like a direct move of a politician. What he, All the things he despised about Leslie, 
right? Hurry up, quick, cover it up. And I was like, he totally ruined it because he told her and he completely blew up out of control and tried to get her, you know, we're just going to cover it up. We're just going to cover it up. And she actually, I was really proud of Becca because remember her mother was worried that she doesn't have empathy. And I I remember we argued this a, a few episodes ago and I said, there's nothing wrong with Becca. And this scene to me shows there is nothing wrong with Becca. She has complete empathy, sympathy, understanding, and she was trying to do the right thing. So now Steph comes home, his wife, well, Dan's wife, Steph, comes home and confesses, and he confesses that Becca was selling drugs. He tells her she sold him to Taylor, says he destroyed the phone, but Steph points out that the phone records are held by the phone company. He's like, don't be silly. What is happening? Well, you, you're covered. I mean, she just seems really like, what? What the hell are you doing? Like, why did you do that now it looks like she's guilty or something like, like well, she, she is. is she sold drugs she's like but now you're making it worse <laughs> which just yeah yeah and so and he takes the and he's talking now this is where the fight took an interesting turn because she's like you keep saying i i i i i he's like well i took a position i'm taking a position at the school i've spoken out about taylor and it doesn't look good for them so I was like, ooh, so what does he think could happen that, oh, that um, he, his daughter sold drugs to Taylor? I don't want to portray what he's thinking. It's just his reaction was totally wrong. His wife knows it was wrong. She's so disgusted. She can't even say anything. She's just like, now it's already been done. You decided to take it into your own hand and do what you did. And and now there's no going back. Thanks a lot, numb nuts. <laughs> and and then so he ends the conversation of saying, Our job is this, not to turn our job is not to tell the police anything. Mm-hmm. It is to protect our daughter. And I was like, That's the wrong this <sighs> is something that you fought Leslie on. Exactly. And listen, you know, Taylor's mom was the only one who did the right thing. I have my son here. He is not armed. He is calm. You may come and get him and no one has to get hurt, right? Oh, That's yeah. Taylor's mom. Now, oh, Taylor yeah. mom, even though her child has some emotional instability issues, she could teach some of these parents some things about, you know, when your kid needs to do something, they did something wrong, you need to not hide it, protect it, push under a rug like all the other parents did, but support your child in doing the right thing. So now we it cuts over to Cheryl's, and she talks. And she talks about being a voice for her son now. Since his son committed, since her son has committed suicide, the school seemed like her. The, she's mad with the teachers, the school, the administration, because it seemed like they just tried to gloss over what happened to her son and not admit that what's going on at the school. Yeah, something that she said was that, um, and I used to feel this way when I was younger, that. He- her son was actually said, oh, well, you know, he took an easy way out. He was weak. He wasn't strong. But she says, you know, my son, he fought every day. You know, he fought every day. And oh, yeah. and I just felt really emotional for her that it was really sad what ha- happened to her child. And, I, you know, hearing her story, I was just hoping if he did not die, he just because he said something very I didn't mention this in full earlier, but he said that um, he just he wants to do that one year to get out because he's a senior. He just want to do his year and graduate, move on to college where people are more open-minded. Thank goodness for college. 
And I was like, dude. And then not too long after that, he killed himself. And I was he like, didn't make oh. it. He didn't make it. So, yeah. Yeah. And if you ever saw, I think I mentioned this before, the documentary Bully hurts my heart. I can't believe children can be so cruel. And that's all, that's all I can say about that. <laughs> so now we got Sebastian who calls to meet Anne. He pushes that there must be consequences for what you do online. He says he supports Anne. If it was 20 years ago, he would have been out on the street with street with a um, street sign mm-hmm. showing her support. But now it's a different corner. And cops can't do anything about dope dealers down the street, and they definitely can't do anything about something that they can't touch. True. <laughs> because the cyber world True. is something that's intangible. They're like, people feel like they can say and do anything, and people should be held for what they do held at all times. Yeah. It, so he can use his talents to find things out about the school. So I don't know why he cares so much, and I hope we find out more later. But that's that's it for the that episode, really. I mean, because the next part is the real life story, so that's but, it for the characters, right? But he does say this valuable line. He says, to, "You either to, to stand up for what's right. Sometimes you have to stand apart." And then Anne always, agrees. always, and then right. Anne agrees. With him, so I'm assuming she's going to allow him to do what he does to Leland. I mean, she can't stop him. I mean, she has no control over it, but I guess he just wants to know that he has her support. So then, yeah, and as you said, it goes back to the the real voices of the individuals. You get Violet saying bullying is not a gay thing. It's a class thing. It's a I don't do sports thing, which I didn't really get. I think that's why we didn't see much of Violet. Uh, She... I think she's still going through some changes and trying to figure out who she is. So then you got Cheryl. Um, once again, she's upset with the people saying AJ took the easy way out. He fought every day of his life. Uh, Maya, Maya, she feels comfortable with living the truth about what and who she is. And she says she's a gender nonconforming black person. They just, these labels just keep getting longer and longer. Then it, it flips to Kiki, says what brought him back from the brink was his kids and his family. All right. And then this is the part that really This, got me. this is what I'm always saying to people. This, this. And then Paula, she ends this episode like this. She talks about her, her only son, her son who was eight. When I don't know if it's her only son, but she remembers well, her sorry. son. When, her son was eight. Mm-hmm, when, when the Columbine shootings took place. And every day since that moment, she wonders if her son is a Dylan and she doesn't know it. Boom. I was like, damn. Woo. Predictions. Oh, I don't. (laughs) Well, we got to figure out what Sebastian's up to (laughs) and why he cares so much. We had to figure that out at some point. Okay. On that point, here's what I think Sebastian Something happened to Sebastian where something may be very similar to him. And this is why he cares so much. Maybe some time ago, he was in a situation where, because he has two daughters, and I'm just remembering on the fact that whoever he was arguing with online, and when he typed, now you know how it feels to be assaulted. Mm. Whoever he was talking to must have been someone that assaulted him. Maybe he's been assaulted or hurt beat up, bullied. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And so he and being in a situation where someone covered it up, now he's out as a cyber vigilante, if you will, <laughs> a cyber Batman, <laughs> trying to take down cyber Gotham, you know? I don't know. Um, Taylor, what do you think is going to happen to Taylor? I mean, we have to, to go through the grind, the wheels of justice. Honestly, this is where the story that I said for me was anticlimactic, and I'm like, Taylor, you're going to jail. I don't think you're going to get off. I think they're going to try to, it's going to go into a court case with him, plead his case, or try to twist the narrative to make him look like, you know, what we said. The cops did nothing, and this is what happened. Someone, a victim took justice in his own hands. I'm going to just put it out there and say, Taylor doesn't go to prison. I don't know. I, I think, think he's he going to go to juvie for a little bit. And then after and that's probation. done. Yeah. Um, oh, snap. If his mom and Sebastian and the reporter and the lawyer are successful. We did skip one scene. No. Yes. It's important. You know why it's important? Because it's Eric's and Kevin's confrontation. Oh, yeah. We just ran right by that. See, well, sometimes let me take lead. Let me be the man and it's, follow. It's, it's not. No, girl. Man, come on. Yes. That, no. Yes. Sometimes no. take a back seat and let me and let uh, me. You were the business. one who wrapped it up. No, because me. you're going fast. I'm trying to help you out. But don't worry about it. Basically, what happens? I'm not worried about it. It's just a TV show. You didn't need to say all that. Eric and Kevin. Eric and Kevin. Well, Eric is shooting hoops. Kevin comes up to meet him doesn't want to play ball with him but then eric confronts him about he knows what he did with west Lashawn, and the other teammates that went to go beat taylor they came to eric's house made him call taylor and he knows that's why taylor because he when he saw on the news how taylor's face was all messed up he he knew what how bad it got you know and so he says he he knows that kevin was the captain we were both captains but he's the main captain. The captain's supposed to make a decision, and they all follow. But every, but all Kevin does is make sure nothing comes back to Kevin. No one says anything bad about. For someone Kevin. didn't like the show, you have so much to say about this episode. And now well, thinking about it, there's a lot of big, big things that happen in this episode besides the actual real people talking in it and this brings up the fact what you were what we argued about was that you know because eric says point blank you supposed to be the leader you're supposed to lead and so i'm like this is terrible all these kids following another kid Mm-mm. well see that also leads back to the conversation i was like you were right and i was right kevin is a kevin is somewhat aware of the power that he has but now Eric put it out there. You're the captain. We follow you. But how dumb are these kids? They're supposed to be following their coach. They're all dumb. Their coach is an adult. Hey, Phil Jackson was the coach of the Chicago Bulls, Kevin, but everyone right listened to hole. Jordan. Just saying. Jordan was a grown man. I'm using this as a team, just team. Mm. But yeah, but also I predict that Sebastian is going to crack or he's going to hack Leland and find out that stuff about that previous kid that Leland covered up years ago. Um, and he's going to bring all this to light that shows that dirt is going to come up. Another thing that I have, Terry is going to reach out. I, I believe Terry may try to reach out to 
and because now seeing what happened and hearing this stuff as you said before and i mean sorry terry is now mom like mom look at my kid this could be my kid and she's probably going to see that whatever happened to taylor she Anne is still a mom and she's probably going to try to reach out to Anne now but those are my predictions so far anything you like to add nope that'll do it for me all right, we'll catch you guys next time. Remember, you can follow us on iTunes and Android. The email is flatfoot at crusade.net. The website, crossfire.crusade.net. And that is crusade with a K. Mm-hmm. And I'm your boy, Khalif. And I'm your girl, Jameez. Catch you later Don't after forget Wednesday. To listen, Wednesdays, ABC, 10, 9 Central. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you.